In honor of the film's 18th anniversary, we are proud to present The Shawshank Redemption, with exclusive commentary by co-star Morgan Freeman. More than words can say. I have to tell you, as a secret, I have not told anyone, but there are few sounds more pleasurable than the sound of penguins' eggs cracking underneath my feet. I feel like a child again. I shot about half of Run Lola Run. My German was a little rusty, but I looked good in that red wig and I could run Mach Schnell. For a while, I was the front runner for the role of Eddie Murphy in Eddie Murphy Raw. At the cast party for the movie, Clint Eastwood actually gave me a million dollar baby. I've had it for eight years and I've been trying to sell it since, since day one. Anybody want a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar eight year old? This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Episode one fifty two, featuring Dave Fields with Ron Algar Watt, Matt Robotham, and the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. So famous turtles. famous turtles. I don't, yeah. I don't know how this even came up. But uh, no, famous turtles. That's. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a Jeopardy category. <laughs> Except you wouldn't think you'd be able to fit. What is it? Six six Jeopardy categories. The like the category is famous turtles. Um. Well, after who is Yertle, Alex? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, you've got like all sorts of various Koopas. Yeah, that's and and we started just naming them off, and uh, there's yep. there's a lot. This is a Koopa paratroopa. There's at least one of the Ninja Turtles. There's that guy from the Tootsie Pop commercial. Yep. Who's yeah, some... he never made it without biting. <laughs> yes, Mister Hengus the Turtle. <laughs> oh, the giant turtle from Neverending Story. That was a big one. Was that a? Yeah, I suppose there was a giant turtle. I mean, I guess if you you know if. You... Unless you're going to get like really specific in whether it's turtles versus tortoises. Oh, now now we get into it. What the hell is the difference? Okay, a tortoise has feet. No, I thought a turtle had feet. No, a tortoise has feet. Don't don't tortoises have feet and turtles have flippers? Okay, a turtle hangs from hangs tight to the cave wall. Right. That's a joke that never gets old. And a tortoise flies through the air. Yes, with the greatest of ease. With the greatest of ease. All right. Okay, a tortoise has sort of cylindrical clawed feet. I thought okay. that was a turtle. Oh. And I learned something today. And now I'm looking up turtle and telling the computer exactly what can do with lifetime supply of chocolate. <laughs> a turtle Here. has looks like more finny type feet, I suppose. A finicky type? Yes, they're they're cats, really. Oh sure, they're finicky eaters. Well, I mean, how many people have you seen who have uh, who have put their turtle food in a little crystal dish? Well, how? I, let let me ask you this: Have you ever seen a turtle and a cat in the same place? That's true. I think cats are really turtles. I had a neighbor when I was a kid who had a turtle. Yeah. That thing got run over by the lawnmower twice and hit run over by a car once, and it was still fine. I bet it wasn't. I bet the first time through the lawnmower, it was dead, and they couldn't tell. <laughs> Well, what the nice they... thing about turtles is they don't really do a whole lot. Well, that's the thing. You, you, he had a rock, is what he had. <laughs> a very lightweight rock. Dad, Dad, how come Timmy doesn't come out of his shell anymore? Shut up. 
Oh. Timmy's shy, that's all. Oh, here's the thing. Mm. It's uh, nearly the end of the year. That's true. Which means cluster flunk. That is also true. This is this has fast become well fast over the last four years. Mm-hmm. This, this is very this is over a series of time. This is very slowly become in a, in the way that uh, glaciers melt and uh, erosion gradually wears away at at the earth and entropy claims us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah, which is if you're if and you're, our only tradition. Uh, no, we got a couple others, but this is this is the big one. This is and mm-hmm. for those of you. Who are just joining us? I can't imagine who you are or why you're here. What you're doing? Why you're how still, you got here? Yeah, but thank you. I guess I don't know. Anyway, it's a thing that we do um, at the end of the year. We do I don't know two or three shows where as many listeners as possible join us mm-hmm. and answer some form of question. We've done it a little bit different every year. First year, our uh, our pal Flonk wrote in so many questions that we couldn't answer them all, so we divvied them up to listeners. That's that's where the name yes. came from. Second year, what did we do the second? Oh, we wrote them questions. God, that was a yes, nightmare. We wrote questions to people. That we had took to, a long time. We had to make them. Yeah. And if there's one thing we don't like to do is write. Oh God. As comedy writers, the last thing we want to do is is to write. We take the uh, Douglas Adams approach to writing where we don't do it. Yes. We're, we're often taking baths together. Yes. Not in a gay way. No, don't be gross. In one of those Burton Ernie ways where it's bubbles covering up everything but your head. Yeah. And there's a, like a rubber ducky and, um, you know, one of those wink-wink shower massagers. But it's still not a gay thing. No. It's interesting, too. Whereas I can craft an entire bubble beard, Al can craft an entire absence of bubble beard. Yeah, it's it's like exact opposites. We're like Bath Bizarro. <laughs> Bath Bizarro was definitely the creepiest of the uh, of the nineteen uh, fifties DC comics. Oh, I was thinking he was one of the eighties uh, superpowers uh, figures, where you, he had a little oh, wind up right. key on his back. Yeah, yeah. And you put him in the in the bath, and he would like kick his arms and feet. Well, you could uh, you could squeeze his legs together, and he would suds himself. Right. It was re- actually really helpful because at the time I was also buying a lot of action figures that came with that slime stuff that you could drip through the ceilings. Oh. So you so were always it, having to wash things off? Yeah, it, they balanced each other out really well. But uh, he am not like doing that. I, I no. did know that about him. He he could talk. And actually, no, he said he loved it. But, you know, you translate it into Bizarro speak. Yes. And that means he hates it. Because, you know, everything's poor, backwards for him. Poor Bizarro. Yes. No but, one knows what you do. By which you mean uh, Bizarro is great. Yes. Because, yeah. So, Cluster Flunk, it started out as, as that. And then we, we wrote questions the next year. Last year, we decided uh, to do a Secret Santa thing where everyone submitted questions mm-hmm. and we we put them in a hat. Probably a Santa hat if you want to think of Santa for some reason. People like to I think mean, of Santa, Matt. If you're into that sort of thing, well, then you're in luck. Yep. Um... And then we just mixed them up and gave them to other people. This year we got something new again. Mm. Uh, one year we're just going to run out of things. But so far that, <laughs> that, that year will be called next year. Yes, probably. I don't know. I was I didn't know what we were going to do this year, but I I have I have made a decision. Matt doesn't know this, so uh, that's true. <laughs> j- I don't jump off the cliff with me, won't you? No, this <laughs> is uh, this is a thing we've started doing this year with our mail segment, which is uh, we we had that great little run through. Uh, Heloise and Dear Abby and so forth. And now we've taken to answering some some of the stranger 
questions out on the internet that Yahoo mm-hmm. answers and so forth. So Matt and I will comb the internet. We will find probably just Yahoo answers because that place is a treasure trove of weird shit. I, we've talked about this before, but the people on Yahoo answers are insane. <laughs> and the thing is when, you know, it's a relatively new thing. We did it last time with Chris Page. We're doing it again this time with, with our pal Dave. Mm-hmm. It does not take, I don't know about you, it does not take very long to find questions that are easy to use. Like that, that prep was the fastest prep I've ever done for this show. Yeah, no, you sent me a DM just like, Matt, get me, uh, to, get, get me to Yahoo answer questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five minutes later. Yep. Well, but the first time so we like, talked about doing insane. this, the first time we, we, we tossed the idea around, cause you know, it's one of those things, you have a lot of ideas, some of them work, some of them don't. And we just sat on Skype for, I don't know, two hours, mm-hmm. just going down that rabbit hole. And it just got weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. There are people, I mean, okay, there's a whole segment of people on Yahoo Answers who just want you to do their homework for them. Yeah, there's a lot of people there who just, it's like, write my essay. Now, okay, I didn't have the internet as a kid, but I'm not going to do that whole, eh, kids nowadays, whatever. But really, there must be a better way to find the answers you need than to just go on a question forum and ask. Yeah. That seems lazy. You already have the internet. Do a little work. Yeah. I mean, look, you have Wikipedia. Yes. I mean, Wikipedia, Wikipedia can't tell you how to solve a quadratic equation. That's true. But, you know, if you're writing a history paper or something like that. I mean, you know how many history sketches I've written with Wikipedia? All of them? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about history, for Christ's sake. No, that's what we have. That's what we have Gav for. Yes. No. He. Well, yes. Actually, Gav does know a fair amount about history. Yeah, he's got that whole podcast about it. Right. Exactly. I wonder when Arrested Development comes back if Buster is going to have no hands. I was actually thinking about that. Now that you mention it. Yeah, they implied in the finale that that another seal attacked him. Yeah. So it's possible. I actually saw a spoiler. It is entirely possible, or saw- maybe no foot. That could be a hook for a foot. Yeah. Do they have hook foots? It seems like they would. They've got to have hook foots, right? I don't know. Hook foot would be a terrible villain. I know that. Yes. <laughs> Beware the hook foot. Actually, the well-known that... fact is that uh, hook foot is actually a sort of shaggy gorilla creature that's lived in the uh, jungles of Canada for many years. Does he have hooks for feet, or is that just a misnomer? No, it's made entirely of hooks. Really? Yeah. So he's got hooks for every part of his body. Yeah, exactly. They only call him Hookfoot because of the hook-shaped footprints that he left behind. And the one set of hook-shaped footprints is where Hook Jesus was carrying him. Yes, exactly. With his hooks. I think that was just pirate Jesus, actually. See, I think. the great thing about Hook Jesus is that they tried to nail him to the cross, and he just got off and walked away. Also, it's really easy to make Christmas ornaments out of him. That's true. Just hang him right from the tree. Oh, man, I would love to get a Hook Jesus Christmas ornament. I'm just trying to picture, like, does he have hooks for hands and feet, or does he have hooks all over, like like Hookfoot, or how does that work? Hookfoot doesn't have hooks all over him. He's just made of hooks. Like, his torso is a giant hook. Well, right, and his heart it's is down a hook. To two and, hooks. You know. and, uh like, it's like that uh, Nine Inch Nails song, Head Like a Hook. Yeah, exactly. But he has a real heart. Does he? And it's broken. Oh. Yes, because he can never know love. Because well, he's made of hooks. So in summary, if you want to join Cluster Flunk, send us an email, uh, hit us up on Twitter, however you like. 
let us know that you want to participate. We will put you on a list. We will ignore that list. Well, and then, what? what's that? Send us an email. That's the easiest way to keep track of that. Yeah, but nobody ever does that. I'll just make a list. It's fine. All right. They can project their thoughts. They can um, they can throw a rock through my window. That'll work. With a, with a note taped to it. Don't just throw rocks through my window. Tie notes to them. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's like knocking on the door and running away. That's not cool. Yeah, we're just going to assume that you're the Kittner boy again. Right. What? The Kittner boy that lives down the street. He's always throwing rocks through the window. Was that a Jaws reference? Yeah. Uh. All right, and with that, it's time to play some bits. We will be Over right there. back. Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. As the 20th century dawned, agrarian economies made way for more modernized economic structures. Nowhere was this change felt more profoundly than in Russia. By the end of the First World War, the Russian Bolsheviks had seized power and declared a new Soviet Union, guided by the principles of the emerging philosophy of communism. But our story begins before then, in 1907, when the Bolsheviks were still struggling to gain a foothold of legitimacy in the Russian capital. Okay, looks like we're all here. Krasin, Bogdanov, Stalin, and of course, Lenin. Of course, everyone knows who he is. He might as well be in winter of socialism. Forget Karl Marx, everyone. Vlad Lenin is here to show us way. Listen, Joe. Some people are just natural leaders. It takes certain indefinable quality to rule proletariat. What? Oh, sorry, Joey. That means workers. I know what it means. How convenient that equality is indefinable and that you're apparently only person who has it. Well, maybe if you had stylish pointy beard like I had. Russian people would never get behind a mustache like this. I'll feed you that beard over noodles with sour cream. Stylish pointy beard. You little... Gentlemen, please. We are not here to choose leader of our fledgling organization. No, that was Wednesday, when I was at laundromat. Strange coincidence, that. Your lack of devotion to our cause is hardly my affair. If your clean underpants are more important than leading proletariat revolution... They were our underpants. If you recall, it was my turn to wash them. Again. They are the people's underpants, and it was your turn. People's underpants? Is that why it took three and a half hours to wash them? Gentlemen, please, there will be no revolution. Hours! There will be no revolution without money. Now, between us, I believe we have concocted a pretty daring but potentially lucrative scheme. I still can't believe we're planning to fund overthrow of the current economic system with a bank robbery. It does seem a bit improbable, like a situation someone might have made up for a comedy sketch. But I assure you, this is actual plan that happened in real life. And if you'll recall, last time we chosen the target, the Tiffles Bank... 
and we'd worked out finer points when the guards change, who'll drive the getaway horse, how we'll laundry the money. Laundry. But the final detail we still haven't sorted is who do we send in to do actual dirty work? And how do we prevent them from being caught? Oh, we have a number of Georgian revolutionaries ready to move. But these men are known to police and are easily identifiable. They need some way of concealing themselves. A disguise, yes. Anyone have any thoughts? Yes, Joseph. <laughs> well, Comrade Litinov, there is tradition among great bank robbers of capitalist America. Uh, they conceal their identities with robber masks that resemble... Popular political leaders. Oh, don't tell me. As it happens, I had these 12 masks made of our great champion, celebrity spokesperson of our revolution. What could be more baffling to police than bank robbery in broad daylight committed by 12 Vladimir Lenins? I mean, it's really just a Nosferatu mask that I've drawn a pointy beard on. Shit. I've brought the wrong bag. This, this is just bag of underwear. How is this supposed to help? It's the people's underwear. Up. Up. I'm going to get to the bottom of this if it kills me. Down. Down. My god, this thing goes all the way to the top. Left, right. Left, right. These symbols, they mean something. B. A. We're getting close. I can feel it. Start. Dear god. God. Dan Brown's The Contra Code. Well, I think that was a successful landing, don't you, Gibson? Yes, Captain, but, uh, well, the passengers didn't... Sir, they didn't clap when we landed. Holy moist, Moses. But that was the best landing we've ever made. No turbulence, smooth takeoff, and Man of Steel is the in-flight movie. What do these people want? I am going to find out. You there, why didn't you clap? Wasn't the flight good? Oh, it was fine. Fine? Fine? What in the name of Blue Jesus am I supposed to do with that? Oh, uh, it was good? Well, clap then. If it was so good, then clap. Thank you, boys and girls. Yeah, that's great, Tingle Bell. Now get back under the wings. We're doing Budapest in ten hours, and this plane won't take off by itself. This is the story of pure snow. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it's time to turn the page when Tingle Bell... Tingle Bell... Where the heck is Tingle Bell? Sorry, they kept me late at my other job. So, what are we doing? This story of pure snow. I was telling the children that it would be time to turn the page when Tingle Bell sounds her chimes, like this. Did you tell them that our version of this story is in no way related to the one produced by the Walt no, Disney Corp? No, I did not. This story is in the public domain, and those jerks can go jump in a lake for all I care. All right, then. Let's begin now. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there was a princess named Pure Snow. My name is Pure Snow, and I'm a princess. When Pure Snow was quite young, her mother died. 
Snow's father, the king, was broken-hearted when this happened. For many years, he was sad and lonely. I am sad and lonely. But at last, the lonely king married again, and there was great rejoicing in the land. His new queen was very beautiful to look at, but alas, her heart was cold and cruel. The queen's most prized possession was a magic mirror. Every day she asked it, Reflective surfers hanging here, who's the hottest far or near? What? Who are you? Madam, you know quite well who I am. I represent a major media production studio, the name of which I shall not repeat while this recording is still going. You get out of here. I won't be bullied by you. What's going on? Yes, I haven't even had the chance to try to kill her yet. You're going to try to kill my daughter? Quiet, Herbert. Yes, dear. Everything's fine. This gentleman was just leaving. Like fun I was. Suddenly, the mean man's legs grew very small. What? What's going on here? What did you do to my legs? And then his arms turned into more legs. I, I can't hold important legal documents with tiny legs. That's not what legs are for at all. This is just great. Now I need to change my driver's license. Suddenly, without warning, he was scooped up by a dive-bombing pelican, which everyone knows is the natural predator of the litigating hedgehog. And they both flew off and were never seen again. Hooray! But later, we received a postcard announcing their marriage. For anyone interested, they were registered at Sears. The moral of the story is... You don't fuck with someone who has dominion over reality itself. The end. And to crawl to freedom through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness I can't even imagine. Or maybe I just don't want to. Every once in a while, I try and beat a child into illiteracy. I figure out the universe owes me a few for all the work I did on Electricum. I've a rare condition that left me with three testicles at birth. Jessica Tander called me Grapesack. I think Hume Cronin was a little embarrassed by that. Not many people know this, but in the final scene of Seven, it was Brad Pitt's birthday when we shot it. I baked a rhubarb pie and put it in that box. I just want to give that man a hug. Last Thursday, I was playing my 38th level Draenei Rogue, and I was going to slay the Lich King when I got ganked by noobs. And now the adventures of Nick and Willikins. Last time, our intrepid butler and his barely coherent master were caught in a surprisingly sensible and relatable situation, which I can't imagine we should expect to remain that way for much longer. We join them now on the side of the M41 motorway, the left side, naturally, as Willikins struggles to change their vehicle's T-ray. Uh, uh, Tyree. Uh, wait, tire. Really? Tire? 
All right, then. Uh, Sir, I I wouldn't dream of asking your assistance in this matter, but it may help if you were to get out of the car. Or or at least not jump up and down in the seat whilst I have the car on Jack's. Jack? Who's Jack? Sir, I do have a lot on my plate right now. Could we please not turn this into a tired vaudeville routine? Oh, aren't we a comedy snob? I suppose you were in footlights at your precious bloody Cambridge. Actually, sir, I was. I, uh, Douglas Adams. Please don't mistake my comment for interest. I'm bored. If you could at least exit the vehicle until I'm finished, it would go a long way toward not killing you in the process. What? I can't die. Not until we've found me a male heir. Amazed you managed to remember that particular thread from our discussion moments ago. You'd be astounded at what I can remember. Like, ooh, I just recalled the plate of beans on toast that I stuck in a boot of this car last Hogs Watch night. I wondered about that rank odour, sir. Willikins, did you just add a vestigial letter U to the word odour? I don't even think we do that in England. One can never be too English, sir. Finally, a moment's peace. Wait a tick. I didn't put that plate near at all. That was a boot of an entirely different Otto. I don't recall stuffing Errol in here, either. Hello, you little toss across. What's all this, then? Errol, I didn't know you was a copper. I thought you were keen to avoid their lot. Oh, I was, but now I'm a new man, I am. I've turned over a new tree. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I just said that it was. We're all, now that our little family's back together, let's go and talk to Willikins. He's around the other side of the car, changing the tari. The Tidro. The Tiger? Yes, I expect that's right. Willikins! Oi! Willikins! Look who I found in the boot of the car! Hello, Errol. Sir? Did you just call me sir? I did, sir, yes. He's a changed man, Willikins. He didn't even mug me in the time we walked up here from the boot of the car. Well, to be fair, I did pick your pockets a little. Old habits die hard with a vengeance. Now, let's see here. Here's your boiled sweeties, packet of crisps, tin soldiers, toast soldiers, eggies, bickies, freckers, and Yorkshire pudding. I really do find that it's the best of the puddings. Terribly sorry about that, my lord. Did you just call me my lord? I did indeed, ma'am. Oh, delay. I like the sound of that. Willikins, did you hear that? I did, sir. Now, as to the problem of your male heir... My what now? Ah, delightful. Well, sir, whilst I've been changing the tyre... Oh, I said how you pronounce that. I've been considering the issue at hand. How might we, to put this delicately, find you the appropriate mate? Mate? You mean like somebody to watch the snooker with me and play darts in a lock? Focus, sir. We shall have to fix up the hole. Start entertaining debutantes. Engage in the elaborate and highly complex English courtship rituals of old. And to that end, we may finally have to hire on a staff of servants, maids, cooks and footmen to rise to this new occasion. Oh, Errol! You once told me you'd put your foot through any man! Oh, I did indeed, my highness, but that was the old Errol. I'm looking to clean up my act, I is. Willikins, I've got it! Uh, so do be careful. You nearly sent the entire weight of the car down on my foot. Next time I shan't miss. Never mind that. I'll let you have your bloody staff you've always been whinging about. Uh, for at least 20 seconds, yes, sir. And Errol here can be a footman. So long as I don't turn into a pumpkin. 
Lord. That's the stuff! Will Nick actually begin his search for a wife in earnest? Have we really maintained some kind of basic linear narrative for four episodes in a row now? And how will Errol fit into all this? Find out in the next thrill-pack adventure of Nick and Willikins! Play right side. Everybody, Mustache Charlie here. I'm really excited about our new promotional tie-in with a hot new show, The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. That's why I'm announcing the Jackson Initiative, to continue the work that my predecessor, the great Abraham Lincoln, began. Uh, sir? Yes, what is it? Well, sir, you just called yourself Jackson. That's right, Andrew Jackson, 7th President of these United States. See, here's a $20 bill with my face on it. Sir, you're Andrew Johnson, the 17th President. That picture looks nothing like you. Damn it, I'm always confusing him for me. Attention Warlock Ageddon patrons. In the venue formerly known as the Alan Moore Pavilion, a representative from Montebank Studios will be answering your questions about their upcoming feature, Steampunk Night's Rise of the Steam. Hey guys, we're really excited to be here at Warlock Ageddon, and we can't wait to tell you all about this exciting new project. Is it true you're actually making a steampunk movie? Yes, thank you for asking. We are indeed pushing forward into the great untapped genre that is steampunk. Judging from all the fantastic costumes I've seen here this weekend, I can tell you guys are really excited about steampunk. But somehow nobody's made a movie about it. Until now. Next summer, Montebank Studios brings you Zack Snyder's unique vision. That's terrible! What? What? I thought you guys loved Zack Snyder. 300, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, the new Man of Steel movie. That guy sucks. I bet it's not going to be anything like steampunk. Yeah, you guys are never going to get that aesthetic right. Okay, well, we're still very early in the production stages. Why don't you guys tell me what you think steampunk is all about? The fashions, obviously. Corsets and top hats. Don't be shallow. Steampunk is about the gadgets. The costumes are just to appeal to the Jade Austin crowd. You mean women? Yeah, that's right. You're both wrong. Steampunk is about the politics. Subverting the digital culture and keeping us rooted in a simpler era while not tying us to the outdated technology of that era. What? Nobody's into steampunk for the politics. Okay, well, it sounds like maybe you guys aren't exactly sure what steampunk is supposed to be about, so let's get a consensus. Who thinks steampunk is about the cool clothes of the late 1800s? And who wants to see elaborate gadgets with lots of gears and cogs and steam, of course? And who wants commentary on modern life as seen through the lens of this idealized Victorian period? Oh, come on! Alright, good, fine, I think we have it figured out. Ladies and gentlemen, stand by while we dim the lights, and I present to you...
Oh, Billy, that's a difficult one. It's like having to choose between my children. Luke's better. Sorry? I don't keep these league tables for nothing. Billy, don't start crying. You don't want to drop below Violet before the awards ceremony, do you? And we're back. And uh, Dave is here. For, it's been, been a while, Dave. You usually just uh, take my shopping list and read it and what, whatever you got down there, cave. Wine cellar. Voice. Yeah. But, uh, well, wait, well wait. sir, you told me just to read what I was given. <laughs> you, you realize that the, the gun that's been in your back all this time is, is just a pipe, right? It's just a little piece of piping that I left in place. And it, you can get up, you know. Yeah, that, that, was, that was very clever. Yeah, well, it, it seems to have worked. On the but, other hand, this po- the, the gun I'm holding in my pocket right now, completely real. They don't That's not a gun. <laughs> not at all my finger. They don't have guns in Canada. What are you talking about? Oh, damn it. <laughs> they don't even have knives in Canada. I don't know how the hell you handled right, well, that bear problem. This spoon I'm holding in my pocket. Trust okay. me. <laughs> how did... It's a Slurpee straw. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a Slurpee straw that he sharpened like a Capri Sun straw. <laughs> Ooh. Those things are deadly, man. Let's not go nuts here, dude. I'm not, gonna, I'm yeah. not trying to hurt anyone. Yeah. You could scratch a cornea with that. <laughs> but you yes. can't poke through the Capri Sun with it, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> well, the Capri Sun <laughs> container is completely impenetrable. It is. It's uh, it's it's what they keep organs in when they're transporting them across state lines. Yes, exactly. It's much easier. Uh, oddly enough, my wife last night had a what was effectively a, a, a cocktail Capri Sun. She had this pina colada mix in a, in a silver bag that you put in the freezer. Uh-huh. And it, it, it's a full mix. Like, it's got rum in it, too. And you take it out, and you, you drink it right out of the silver pouch. That's uh, that's classy. classy right there. It's like the box wine version of a cocktail. <laughs> I, I, I picture this is what hobos are going to drink in the in the future. Uh, well, like hobo astronauts, sure. Yeah. It's a hobo astronauts. sack lunch. Right. But it, it definitely had a bit of a an astronaut thing to it, because it's, it's a silver pouch that you squeeze your stuff out of. I'm sorry, there's nothing in the world cooler than eating out of a silver pouch. Um, I think there might be several things cooler than that, Matt. Nothing cooler. What if you were eating raisins out of a silver pouch? Ooh. I know you hate raisins. Well, that's because they're gross. <sighs> we're never going to see eye to eye on this raisin thing. No, you're just... wrong. Yeah, all right. Dave, where do you fall on the whole raisin issue? I'm okay with them. All right, good. See? I prefer grapes, but, you know. Sure. I, I'm not prejudiced against elderly grapes. Well, see, there you go. Excellent. Oh, let's Team come back to that, don't we? Uh, oh, and since it's close to Halloween, I think we need to weigh in on the candy corn thing, and I'm still dead set against it. Yeah, that shit's repellent. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's no good. Okay, good. Wait, who eats that? I was going to say that... I was shocked in the last couple of years to learn people actually eat that oh, shit. people love it. It's insane. The only the only cool thing I can say is I saw recently on one of the sites that I follow somebody made a, a little candy skull and all the teeth were uh, were candy corn and that looked really cool. I mean that's still that's cool, but I still wouldn't eat it. Well, no, it's a sculpture, it's art. Yeah, any use for candy corn that's not you know eating it, I'm all on board with. Oh sure, it's it's a great crafting material. Mm-hmm. They should Definitely. sell it at Michael's with special glue and glitter. Well, I mean, or it's like anything else yeah. you, that you craft with. It's hard and inedible. Right. Well, so has Tidro made uh, candy corn soaps yet this year? Almost certainly. Now, are they edible? <laughs> I 
as edible as any of her soaps are. Uh, well, which is what? She makes soap that looks like food. I mean, it looks delicious until you eat it. Yeah. Those those soaps make me want to swear so that someone will wash my mouth out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so we got some mail. Um, we did get some mail. We only got a few pieces of mail, but uh, we, we are also solving the Internet's problems for them, so we'll, we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a moment. Uh, but as always, the, the real mail takes precedence. And the first one comes from John Wiggins. He says, as I live seven miles away from the Serengeti, is it Serengeti or Serengeti? <laughs> Serengeti, I'm pretty sure. I, I thought so, but I've heard Serengeti. Uh, I thought it was the Serengamitable Snowman. <laughs> so it is. Thank you for the correction. Uh, <laughs> there are close to 800 things that can kill me. How many things can kill you within a seven-mile radius? Hmm. Well, It's interesting because I've been trying to get my freaking driver's license for the past ever. 14 years. And, yeah, and one <laughs> of the things that you have to do is identify stuff around you that can kill you. There are always children running around who just want to throw themselves at your car. I I am positive that was not part of my road test. How about you, Dave? Is, do they do that in California? No, I saw a lot of people try to do that in Seattle when I was up there. Well, you, no, throwing themselves in front of the car, absolutely. That's a that's that a thing all here. The time, yeah. No, there is no there are there are no crosswalks. There are no jaywalking rules. People don't look; they just cross. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm talking about the uh, identifying uh, potential threats. In the, in the driving test. I've never heard that. It's a huge part of the driving test. Wow. I've never heard of that. That's bizarre. Yeah. Well, he lives up in the Canadian wilderness. I mean. Well, and they don't have anything to protect Bears themselves. and mooses yeah, exactly. and whatnot well, can just come bear. out of anywhere. Right. Oh, a moose will sneak up on you. You think those giant antlers will uh, will hip you to their presence? Nope. They'll just they, ninja mooses, man. Well, that's why yeah. you, well, That's why on the on the rare times you actually see a moose, they're always on tiptoe. Right. Or tip hoof, I suppose. Yes. That makes total sense. And there's always someone following them around playing a xylophone. Right. No, but the um, the the identifying a threat, that, that sounds like a boot camp thing. That sounds like you're in basic training and the sergeant stops you and says, okay, look at the battlefield. I want you to identify six things that can kill you right now. That does not sound like a car thing at all. That seems like it would be way easier on the battlefield when, you know, there's probably people there with guns. But how do I know there aren't people with guns? You know, Americans. You're right by the border. It's it's way harder when you're when you're driving and you're like, well, that guy's holding a Capri Sunstraw, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. But that could pop your tire. Yeah, that could really fuck you up. No, that that's really strange. I've never heard that. Yeah, so I'm constantly looking out for things that can kill me in the road. Huh. That that makes for some very paranoid drivers, I imagine. Open manholes. Yeah. Uh, now is this? Are you sure this is everybody in Canada gets the same thing, or are they just? trying to scare you off the road specifically. I mean, that's probably a good plan. Hey, this guy suffers from what appears to be anxiety. Let's uh, let's crank that up a couple. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're nearly paranoid enough to be behind the wheel of an automobile. Yeah, let's let's see what we can do. Maybe it's some kind of weird government experiment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, you're down in uh, earthquake and mudslide country. What uh, what things can kill you? Well, I, I once met with the Dalai Lama. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, on, on, on one of my world travels, and, mm-hmm. and he told me that the only thing that could kill me is lack of beer. Well. So that's why I always make sure to have a, you know, I'm, I'm never more than seven miles away from a, a good supply. So, good plan. so nothing can kill you as long as you have beer. That's correct. That makes sense. I think that's a, that's a cornerstone of all religions, actually. Like, uh, for beer is my shepherd and I shall not want for beer. Wait, mm-hmm. so I thought, Dave, I thought if you met the Dalai Lama in the road, you had to kill him. <laughs> no, that's the Buddha. No. Oh. 
And, and I, in your case, if you see the Dalai, the, the Buddha in the road, you know, avoid him so he doesn't kill you. Well, you just have to identify. <laughs> yeah, identify him as a threat. Yes. <laughs> Makes total sense. Uh, well, I have the airplanes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Which are constantly trying to dive bomb my house for some reason. I guess we should yes. take that giant Target off the top. <laughs> but I mean, we bought our new roof from Target, and the cheap one had the Target logo on it. I can't, you know. Well, the pr- the problem is that sign you have outside your house that says Red Baron Storage Facility. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did say something much worse, <laughs> like that, <laughs> like that sign in Pulp Fiction. But we changed it at least. It's probably for the best. I think there's a werewolf factory nearby. Mm. I'm I'm not positive. I, it might be a bakery. I'm not sure. I, uh, bakery, werewolf factory. It's, it's hard to you know discern the difference. Yeah. See, but it's very important to keep the two separate because a werewolf will shed the crap into your baker's goods. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You don't want, you that. Don't want that. Or bread, no. as they there's, call it. Yeah. There's there's not a hairnet big enough to take care of that. No. <laughs> now I want to see a werewolf in food service wearing a full body hairnet. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture it wearing just an actual net. Right. <laughs> Like one that you would still catch got, a fish man in. Yeah, still got, like, the lunch lady Doris apron. Right, exactly. All right, next one comes from Brewtown Andy, and he says, Hey, guys, first-time caller, long-time listener, great topic, love the show. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man behind a desk? <laughs> or Mego Spidey from Twisted Toy Fair Theater? I'll hang up and listen for your answer. Uh, before we started the show, we, we sort of quickly went over the questions, and Dave's like, uh... What's I don't this Spider Man thing I I don't get yeah, it. What's what's Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> so I think you He's might be mess. out on this That's one. Who he is. is it is it a man who's a spider? <sighs> is it a, is it a person with eight legs? Is it a, a, a spider a who spider. walks upright? I don't understand. You might have to sit this one out. This this will take some time. He's he's been around for fifty years. My and Matt will go through the entire history. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Fifty years. Well, like, I'm not on all this modern stuff. Yeah. <laughs> No, 1963 was like yesterday for you, I assume. Um, well, Mego Spidey fought the Borg. Yes. Uh, but they adapted and, and defeated him. He also fought the Smurfs. Did he win A against them? warrior culture. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the, this magazine called Twisted Toy Fair Theater would take these old school, like, action figures, like Migos. Do you remember those, Dave? Mm. The, the 70s, like, really shitty. They, they were kind of like Barbies, only they were for boys and they... Made them for superheroes and for they had Star Trek ones. And, they wore clothes. Yeah, I think no. they weren't very posable. They were oh, okay. Um, they had Planet of the Apes ones. The, uh, the this magazine would just pose them strangely and and have them all living in a house together. Iron Man was always drunk and like mm-hmm. his head was always in a trash can, as I recall. And uh, yep. <laughs> they were they were pretty funny. Uh, Migo Spidey was just a jerk, as I recall. Yeah. Um. The the characterization of Mego Spidey eventually got to the point where it's just like, oh, God, I love this guy. <laughs> On the other hand, I think Spidey from the cartoon is just not very smart. No. He's a businessman. He goes to his job. And he does his job. Yeah, his exactly. Desk. He goes to work. He works and he comes home. Right. Family to the support. I, I picture his life being incredibly mundane. He comes home mm-hmm. wearing a hat and carrying a briefcase. Yep. And he's got three kids who look just like him. Yep. That run up excited to see him. And he's got his, a wife with a bow, I don't know, a bow in her head, maybe? A bow in her head and her Spider-Man eyes have, like, eyelashes. Right. And She's it, like the Ms. Pac-Man of Spider-Mans. Right. And he just sighs and pours himself a drink, which he can somehow drink through the mask. Yep. Listen, if those eyes can blink. Yep. And eventually he's just going to go to work with a shotgun. Right, exactly. Wow, that got bleak. Yeah. <laughs> So I think in that case, uh, Mego Spidey would win because uh, 
Uh, Spidey behind a desk is taking care of himself. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, okay, next one comes from Shauna, and she says, Dear Sarcastic Voyage, I regret to inform you that the once-loved Scott Zioka, when was he ever loved? Yeah. <laughs> has now given in to his dark side and give, gave in to hipsterdom. Oh, no. The unfortunate event occurred at 1600 hours the 15th of October. He declared that he was tired of Squirrel Girl and said, I quote, she sold out when she joined the Avengers. That's right. That's a fun sentence. When something became mainstream, Scott Zioko decided he wanted no more part of it, despite his own earlier devotion. I shall miss having an older brother for having long since given up on the other unnamed Zioko sibling. Scott had a good run, but alas, let us raise glasses except you with the PBR in honor of Scott Zioko. He will be missed. I think the weirdest thing to pull out of this is I'm always surprised when I find out people I know through Twitter or whatever have other siblings that I'm not aware of. I, but we all do. I mean, there's like I know there's like seven Robotham kids. Am I wrong? Yep. And Dave has a sister, and every time Matt's he got seven kids. Well, yes, yeah. Matt has many kids. Um, but every time Dave mentions he has a sister, I'm like, oh yeah, you have a sister, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, but it, and then you go, sister, eh? Well, yeah. <laughs> but it only comes up like every five years. I talk to mm-hmm. Dave all the time. I'm like, oh yeah. And then I only mentioned my brother when I want to say, no, I like gay people. My brother's gay. That's, that's really the only time it comes up. <laughs> I did I did recently rediscover that, that my very flamboyantly homosexual brother's birthday is on National Coming Out Day. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> Which is just delightful. Um, Saves you buying a gift. <laughs> or in his case, National We Knew All Along Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> believe me, he was fooling no one. In fairness, National he wasn't... just playing a long day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wink wink confirmed bachelor day <laughs> uh I, as far as the whole hipster thing i mean i i don't like hipsters but i don't know that i'd go as far as to assume someone dead because they're a hipster that's no, going certainly a not, far. Yeah, i'm certainly not allowing him to die until he finishes that sketch he's doing with my uh commander shepherd uh, okay uh i think we got more cover art we can probably con him out of absolutely uh it just kind of amuses me that, that Shauna's calling him out for being a hipster for saying that Squirrel Girl's done. Uh-huh. But now that now that Scott's gone hipster, she's done with him. Yeah. She liked <laughs> she liked him before he was cool. Yeah. Oh, I liked Scott when he was mainstream, but now he's gone hipster and I'm just you know, I'm not on board anymore. <laughs> wow, that got me. He's meta. sold in. Or like sold that. out. Sold in. <laughs> sold in. Um I, I just I I I'm not that anti hipster. I mean I don't care for them mm-hmm. but sometimes they can be all right hipsters make good ice cream that's true we go to a hipster ice cream place locally here and it's fantastic that oh god that hipster ice cream place is awesome there's a there's this weird overlap of hipster and i guess hippie because mm-hmm. they got the natural food and all that crap and and every now and then you find like oh that handcrafted thing is actually okay if i don't yeah. listen to your stupid attitude it's this is all right but, like, there must be, like, not, not ironic beer, but there must be, like, hipster beer, like, handcrafted beer that's, you know. Oh, there's got to be. That's right? okay. Not handcrafted. No, hipster beer is the, the cheap mass market stuff that Well, that's the stuff they like, like ironically. PBR. But they, they must make their own. No, they don't make their well, own. That, that's, that's, what, that's the only way hipsters like things is ironically. Mm. Well, and, and I got to say, I've said this before. As a comedy writer, I object to, the, to them co-opting irony because, you know, that's ours. We need that. We need that to make yeah, jokes. Yeah, you liked irony before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly subverted my rant there. <laughs> yeah, we're... Thank you for that. I'm not doing irony anymore. That's it. It's over. <laughs> but, I mean, Scott has always been a hipster. He loves indie comics. 
He already drinks PBR. We have we have documented evidence of that. That's true. Uh, and he ironically loves bad '80s music. Wait, I think he actually loves bad '80s music. So do I. Yeah. Yeah, so does, me too. You've, you've mocked right. me many times for enjoying Journey. Yeah, that's different. Unironically, yeah, that's different though. I also well, you just mock me. I, I suppose really the music has anything to do with it. Well, yeah, right, exactly. That's just you know, it's just an excuse. Somebody made a typo on Twitter the other day, and it made me want to. Um, they inadvertently. Was it? I'm gnawing meat off a huge boner right now. <laughs> never forget, Dave. Never forget. <laughs> no, it was. Um, they were talking about the Journey song, and they they left a word out. Uh, they said the the Journey song "Stop Believing," <laughs> and it made me want to record a sequel. In in the in the guise of Journey, where they're just they've given up, they've just everything's gone terribly, and that's not real because they've they've sold a lot of albums, they're doing well, but I imagine yeah. them just being just stop, yeah, believing the song is over. Forget about that feeling. Yeah, every, everything's bad, everything's terrible. Just stop believing; it's done. Or maybe it could be like an atheist anthem. That would work. Yeah, that could be good. All right, that is all the mail that we have, so let's push on to solving some of the Internet's problems, as I've come to call it, picking questions from Yahoo Answers. All right. Boy, we got so And again, we don't have to look very hard for these. No, this took about five minutes five minutes each. Yeah, you, you scrape one off up. the top, and it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Every now and then you get yeah, a specific one. I think one we've like, discovered no, uh, when trying to solve the Internet's problems is that the Internet's problem is people, well, much like Soylent Green. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one solution to that problem. Okay, is it eat them or run out into the street yelling? Uh, well, if you run out into the street, I can point to you as a as a uh, as a potential risk. That's true. <laughs> and if you're carrying a Capri Sun straw, that's two. Yep. So I'm going to pass my driver's test. If I test. run into Buddha, well then. Yeah. Is Buddha a threat, though? I mean, would you have to point him out, or would you just have to kill him and not say anything? Well, he's he's a big fellow. If you hit him with your car, you know, that's going to yeah, do some can, damage. That, at the very least, that'll dent your car up. Yeah. yeah that's, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. <sighs> and have you ever tried cleaning Buddha out of your grill? That is that is oh, not my fun. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not good. If you hit him too hard, there's Buddha butter everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I used to work around airplanes, and out on the flight deck, we had this real problem with the with the jet intakes uh, sucking up Buddhas. It was not pleasant. All right, so this first one, Matt found this one for us. I did. Uh, it's titled, My Friend Found a Piece of Chicken? Now, in fairness, uh, Yahoo Answers tacks on a question mark to all the subject lines. But they usually no come what through. It is. Yeah, but most people should know that and phrase it in the form of a question. Mm. Instead of this weird forced Jeopardy thing. But it it's always delightful when it says, "My friend found a piece of chicken." I would love to see the Jeopardy uh, title for the for this. Hmm. Fa- found poultry. Dave, do you do you have these questions in front of you, Handy? I do. Yes. I, I would actually I I would like to read the titles, but some of these are so badly worded that I think it would sound much better coming out of you. <laughs> Right. So I'll read the title and, and you read the uh, the question. My friend found a piece of chicken? She found a piece of chicken that looked like a nipple. What was it? I think it's what was it. <laughs> um, and I love how the the subject line has a question mark, but the actual question does not. No. Nope. Got to conserve those question marks. 
There's so a obviously this was this was cross posted from Yahoo statements. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, where? Oh, okay. So well, obviously, obviously, what her friend found was a chicken McNubbin. <laughs> it's uh, and nubbins are like third nipples, right? Yeah, I it, they're, they're, I, I hear they're test marketing them in certain select areas uh, after the McChicken milkshakes proved to be unpopular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know they tried Oyster McNuggets, but those didn't go over very well either. That might have just been in Maryland. I don't know. Didn't Oyster McNuggets just turn out to be testicles? Uh, no, they turned out to be people, oddly enough. Oh. Which are the problem. Um, that Actually, Dave, you, you say that's a McDonald's thing. That sounds more like a KFC thing to me. Nipple- I never said McDonald's. Uh, well, you said Chicken McNuggets, uh, so I assumed. I said Chicken McNubbin. Oh, right. Good point. Yeah, they were invented by Donald McNubbin. Of of the New Hampshire McNubbins, of course. Oh, yes. Of My understanding was that it was a uh, a mustache Charlie's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that that is quite possible because it's a disaster. That poor guy. Well, we sh- we're introducing the new chicken McNubbin there. <laughs> I, uh, I I just gotta know: was it an entire piece of chicken, or was there a nipple on the piece of chicken? I, I I'm just worried about the idea of chicken sprouting nipples. Well, I. I suppose chickens could be a kind of mammal if you sort of take a broad definition. I mean, if the definition is not lizard? Right, exactly. Not lizard, <laughs> not um, the other one. No, that's it, yeah. just not lizard. Chicken, chickens are part of the animal kingdom, right. and sure. some animals have nipples, so I guess, you know... Chick- therefore, it like it should be a math equation. <laughs> if chicken equals animal, and animal equals nipple... right. I, I, we should throw this on Yahoo Answers. <laughs> no, but I'm picturing like a chicken thigh, or like not a breast, because that would be too on the nose. Maybe a chicken nose. I'm picturing a, a piece of the chicken, like just with a nipple on it, like a like a piece of fried chicken, like a yeah. drumstick with a nipple on it. Mm-hmm. And like a human well, nipple. I'm, like I'm a, picturing a chicken walking around that looks just like a male chicken, except it's got, you know, boobs. like a bow on its head and longer eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. And tits. Obviously. Maybe maybe it's wearing like a little corset or something. And how many nipples do you get per chicken? Is it the standard two? Uh-huh. Or is it, you know, well, a lot of animals have, you know, many, many nipples. Sure. Like, um... Perhaps like, it's an odd number. Like teats. I, I feel like a chicken with just one nipple... Would be a freak, and all the other chickens would make fun of it. Pretty terrible. But on the center of its forehead, it's like a chicken nipple unicorn. Yeah. Hmm. Chicken nipple unicorn. A, ch- a chinipicorn. <laughs> yeah. That holds together. Yeah. I, I see, absolutely. I, so, but, I mean, I got to know, was it fried? Was it Was it baked? Was it grilled? Like, Was well, it I good? You, I would eat the crap out of some fried nipple right, right, right about Listen, that. you fry anything right in the right batter and a dipping yeah. sauce, I don't care what it is. Yeah. I, you know. <clears throat> really? Fried Buddha leavings, doesn't matter. I'll eat it. All right, everyone, this is our challenge for... Uh, the meetup at Emerald City Comic Con 2013. Mm-hmm. Find things that uh, that you could fry up and feed to Al. It's got to be edible. It's got to be inherently edible. I'm not going to eat poison that's been fried. That's that's the but only caveat. Any, any kind of animal yeah. product and no glass. I mean, you know, it's got to be got to be something you could put in your body that's just disgusting. Yeah, something that people somewhere have eaten yeah. as food. Yeah, but on purpose. Yeah. I you know you, you gotta you gotta put it in a good batter and you gotta give me a dipping sauce. Those are the those are the uh, the conditions. Otherwise, sure, what the hell? Listen, anything. I mean, the obvious go to is some sort of testicle. Yeah, I, hey, that's fine. 
Rocky Mountain oysters, Rocky Mountain yeah. oyster McNuggets. That's fine. I what I what I really got to know though is did they try to milk it? I mean, if you find a nipple, you've got to at least try to milk. it. If you find a nipple in the road, you have to milk it. The thing is that if you if if you uh, if you milk fr- uh, if you milk fried chicken uh, nipple, uh, honey mustard comes out. Ooh. If you find a chicken nipple, you must milk it. Yes. All right, moving if on. If you find a chicken nipple, right. you must milk that, it. That's what I was going for. Yes. Okay. Milk it, milk it good. Uh, next question is: Can anyone write R I G H T a two-minute speech for me, please? Dot dot question mark. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. 118 Mississippi, 119 Mississippi, 120 Mississippi. The end. All right, so that that's that. I hope, I hope that cleared hope that cleared that up for you, kid. Yeah. Um. Okay, next one. Uh, and actually, Dave, this is only a subject line, and I'd really like you to read this uh, yourself. I think this would sound much better from you. It's it's the last one. <laughs> Uh huh. Okay. This is your Spider-Man behind a desk, isn't it? <laughs> I can't even fucking look at it. <laughs> Just bear in I, mind I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm, that it's going to be a struggle not to say this in a horribly offensive accent of some sort. Well, do do your best, I suppose. <laughs> who who pay your baby mama bills if Romney did not pay for it with his taxes? <laughs> I, I should mention, for some reason, the word your is capitalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, the beginning of the sentence is capitalized, as it should be. Romney is capitalized. But then your. Well, if I can take it, anything from that. The first part of that sentence, too, starts to, it kind of reads like a song. You know, like, who, who pay your baby mama bills. That's true. Actually, the next line kind of falls apart. When, when if Romney did not pay for it with his taxes. Yeah, no, that, that completely falls apart. Matt and I were reading this, and the first thing that came to mind for us, because of the hoo-hoo, is, you know, sympathy for the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Please allow me to excuse my baby mama. <laughs> She's a man of wealth and taste. No, Romney's a man of wealth and taste. Yeah. Well, wealth anyway. Political. Um, I think the real question in here is, uh, who baby mama pay the baby mama? It's like a who watches the watchers thing. Ooh, that's a good question. Is it? No. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? I got... Uh, I don't even know where to start or where to begin with this thing. It's, it's a little tricky. Like, it's... it's it's. And as much as other questions we've had are not questions at all, mm. this is not even an anything. I do know that before we hit record, we were going over, okay, which questions take priority? Okay, well, chicken nipple and baby mama. Yep. And then I realized how awesome that sentence was. Chicken coming this fall. Chicken nipple and baby love. <laughs> They're cops. It actually sounds like a, a, a verse from We Didn't Start the Fire. Chicken nipple, baby mama. Da, 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 da. You're a loose cannon, chicken nipple. <laughs> We're assigning you baby mama as your partner. He'll keep you in line. <laughs> baby mama? But he's only two weeks from retirement. <laughs> chicken nipple will show you the ropes. All right, the next one is, let's see here. Uh, is a zombie or rabies apocalypse possible? Is it possible 
that an apocalypse is possible, especially zombies and rabies virus. Uh, sorry, Dave, point of order, a apocalypse. Oh, terribly sorry. <laughs> you, uh, you have this tendency, when we used to do the never scroll down feature, you had this tendency to automatically correct in your head for typos and, and bad grammar, which is commendable as our voice guy. Yes. But, Professional. But it's a uh, it's an instinct you have to switch off when you're trying to make sense of the internet. Well, the problem is I, I read the sentence and my, you know, my brain just interprets it well, you've as got an, an actual sentence sure. and not, yeah. Otherwise, I... It, my mouth just goes, what the fuck? That's gibberish. Yeah. Well, you, no, that's the sound. Of, that's the sign of a good. You're drunk card. again. <laughs> well, that's I imagine how you react to Matt's scripts. <laughs> and rightly so. Because Matt writes good comedy, but he writes terrible English. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, man. It had to be said. I, did, I usually I mean, respond to his wrong. scripts going, wow, that's a 30 minute long run on sentence with no punctuation. No, that's mine. Oh, that's yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> I do like to talk. Get to the end of the sentence, like, and then he said, <gasps> and then he said. <laughs> so, zombie or rabies apocalypse, what do you guys think? Well, a, a zombie apocalypse is certainly possible. Um, sure, nerds been, are convinced that it's happening. Yeah. Well, there have been indications that limited outbreaks have already occurred, and the government's just, you know, keeping it quiet. So that's, that's to true. Avoid Wasn't there that whole bath salt thing? Face. Oh, yeah, yeah. People are eating faces all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's why I'm constantly training and preparing. Sure. Uh, uh, rabies, though, rabies is a fictional disease popularized by Hollywood and movies like Cujo. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, because really, I mean, you have to get 16 shots in your stomach. Really, that just that's that is completely that's implausible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's, that's not even believable. No. No. Absolutely not. Uh, I think the whooping cop apocalypse is more like it. Definitely. I mean, I recently suffered from what? What was the actual pertussis? Was that it? Pertussis, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's where Shouldn't you have been vaccinated against that when you were, you uh, know? Yeah, I was. In fact... A uh, wee little gingerling? In fact, Amanda, when she came to this country in 2010, was was uh, was given that shot. And then we got it in 2011 anyway. So, you know... You Coincidence? Could, yes. I think not. It mutated. So clearly they injected her with whooping cough. I, and then waited for everyone else in the state to get it before she did. Yes. Obviously. No, I mean, that's how diseases spread. It, it mutated like a like a nipple on a chicken. It mutated. Yeah, that, that <laughs> stuff happens. And you were poisoned by the honey mustard of it. Right. The honey what? The honey mustard of it. Ah, very well. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I read this as rabbit apocalypse, which I think would be the cutest, most adorable apocalypse of all time. <laughs> it would. Well, that's like the, uh, the the Australians didn't really care for it when it happened down there. No, and that really did happen down there too. Yeah. And then the no, that was cane toads. Did they also have rabbits? Yeah. No, see, oh, there was the a, there was a huge rabbit uh, first, and then they flew in the rabbits to kill the cane toads. Oh right, and then you fly <laughs> in the uh, the snakes to take care of that, and then the mongoose to take care of that. Right, and then they had to get rid of the mongoose, so they had to load them up onto the raft to get them off of Australia. But they had to put. But the you brain can't somewhere. carry right. You can't carry the fox and the and the hound over because it's a movie that makes you cry. Yes, exactly. I got it. <laughs> There was that. That reminds me, not that, but the other thing about the the bunny apocalypse reminds me of the old um, Mitch Hedberg bit about uh, I got an infestation in my apartment. It's a koala bear infestation. It's the cutest infestation I have ever seen. Yeah, he he sells it better than I do. Uh, and he also died of chlamydia. 
well, <laughs> you get those from koalas. So yeah, actually, one of the questions that I, I don't it think wasn't we... a joke; it was a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, this is Mitch Hedberg. I need you to save me. <laughs> I got chlamydia. Damn it! If only he changed his uh, delivery at all. <laughs> actually, one of the questions I had that uh, that we ended up not being able to think of a good answer for <laughs> really involved koalas, which was where can I purchase a koala in Toronto? Oh, you you can't purchase a koala in, in Toronto. They're only available in Kuala Lumpur. Uh. So the next question is, how to get six-pack fast and easy? <laughs> Good luck with this one, Dave. Well, I, I told you, I'm never farther than seven miles from a supply of beer. I just go to the store down the street. No, no, I mean, good luck reading this question, because I don't see any punctuation here, speaking of long sentences. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> well, I play basketball, and I'm very fit, which is a good sign, because lots of people are lazy these days. I'm 16 years old, and I want to know, best way to get a six-pack fast and easy, because I... Because would love to get ripped and look great without the shirt on instead of having, like, two-pack. Like two-pack? Like two-pack. Actually, you did it again. You don't again. want to be like two-pack. You did it again. You, you said lots of people. It says because lots people. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I've never heard, like, I give direction because we're doing stuff with voice guys now. And I give direction. Okay, can you, can you give me a, a read on that? Can you, you know, fix your grammar there? I've never had to give direction. Okay, can you read that worse? <laughs> Yeah, your grammar's way too good for this sentence. I mean, perfect delivery, but can you can you dirty it up about 20%? <laughs> Internet it up a bit? <laughs> can you just speak in capital letters? It sounds like you were you were reading something a sane person wrote, mm. and that's not what we want at all. I wonder if Microsoft Word has a, it looks like you're trying to write a Yahoo Answers post. <laughs> Would you need help? Or it looks like you're trying to write a, a YouTube comment. Oh, God. You know, here are some more racist words you could probably use. <laughs> well, it's got a whole synonym dictionary. It's very handy. I mean, you try to type night and it autocorrects to something. Kind of oh, Lord. Uh, so, I, uh, Tupac, Biggie, I don't know. How does he get a six-pack, Dave? I, I, I imagine you're... Uh... Well, I told you. I just pop on down to the store. Well, yeah, you're within a seven-mile yeah, radius. Nice. We like we can't just go to like the corner drugstore and pick up a six pack. Yeah, it's not plutonium. No. Yeah, you have to go through some elaborate scheme to get beer. All right, don't they send it to you through pneumatic tubes? Yes, exactly. You get one can at a time. Right, it comes through like those uh, the cylinders <laughs> at the bank. Only it's cans. Yeah, that makes total sense. And by the time you get them, they're all shook up from traveling to you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you have to wait till you get home to drink it, which is weird because yeah. Canadians are known for you know a healthy appetite for beer. Well, yeah, you would be, too, if you had to work as hard as we do to get it. I suppose that's true. I mean, if you're willing to go through all that, you must really like it. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to imagine the, the McKenzie brothers going through all that. That seems ridiculous. Well, so nice you want was... a Molson or a Moosehead, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, in our, for our upcoming uh, post-atomic horror drunk time travel uh, uh, crossover, uh, we're talking about all trying to get the same beer, and we're like, well, what, what can Matt get? I don't know. We can't see through the uh, elaborate network of pipes to see what they sell. <laughs> you just say, give me a beer, and they reach for whatever's back there. You can't really see it. All right. Uh, last question. Why do... Yeah, what... Hmm? What? Do you guys get a a decent selection, or... Because it, it's the government that, that runs the liquor stores, is that right? Yeah. 
Well, we, so it's it's only government, government approved get, liquor like, that's sold. A license from the government to sell the beer. It's, we have uh-huh. that in the states. Actually, certain states do that, where the state mm-hmm. government runs the liquor stores. It's very and cool. even the ones that don't run it, you still have to get a license. Yeah. Yes. But no, license, like I, I, licenses can be very ridiculously specific. Well, too. that's it's true. Weird. But in in I think it's Virginia, they had a thing where like all the uh, all the liquor stores are state run, and the money goes directly to the state or something like that. It's really strange. Oh. All right, final question. Why do people who shave get this green shade on the place where their beard, T-H-E-R-E, and mustache were? Okay. Uh, Hang on. Take it away, Dave. Iv started shaving recently, and I don't want that to happen. Iv seen guys who don't have that green thing on their face, so is there any way to avoid it? (laughs) All right, Matt, what do you got? Okay, does anyone know what he's talking about? Nope. Well, yeah. Did you ever see? You never seen that? Like somebody no. shaves and then they've got that kind of green. Their, their cheeks look like they're kind of greenish tinged. Are they? Are they shaving with copper blades? That's the only Perhaps thing. I can Vulcan. Think of. I don't know. I uh, well, I, I think the uh, see shaving really irritates the hair follicle. Like if you don't have a, a, a sharp enough razor, mm-hmm. you know, if you're using like an old razor, yeah, right. They sure. really irritate your hair follicles, and sometimes they just hulk the fuck out. Oh. <laughs> The secret is your face is always angry. <laughs> I, you know, as a, as a famous, well, famous in our circles, maintainer of facial hair for my entire adult life, and I, I trim my beard, so don't say, you know, it's not that I don't shave. I have never, your what the hell? beard grows, sir. Yeah, my hair grows. I, I've, what the fuck? I know my way around a razor, and I've I've shaved with the shitty uh, razors that Dave mentioned. I made the mistake when I was quite young of, oh, well, these are one-bladed razors that women use for their legs. I'm sure this will be fine. <laughs> Why? I figure, okay, three blades, that's got to cut way worse. One blade, much much less likely to cut. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not so much. No, what have we learned? But, but no, I, I would notice, I think, if my face turned green. Yeah. Especially since my hair is red. Merry Christmas now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I seriously no no clue. No idea whatsoever. All right. Person I I think you might be made of plants. <laughs> Something in the green. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all from us for this week, Dave. Thanks for joining us. It's been a while. It's nice to have you back. Oh, uh, it's always a pleasure. Um couple of quick uh, points of interest. Our fundraiser thing for Emerald City 2013 is coming up very soon. I think by early November we'll have some information for you there. Uh, as we've said before, we hate just begging for money. We're going to offer you something in exchange. It'll be cool. It'll be worth your money. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It'll be pictures of us rolling around in a pile of your money. Yes. <laughs> Much like Walter White before us. Yes. We will be sitting on a throne of your money. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, it is nearly the end of the year, uh, so it's almost time for Cluster Flonk again, mm-hmm. in which uh, we will be uh, hosting all number of listeners that would like to participate and asking them questions. This includes you. Yes, especially you. You there in the back. Yeah, yeah you. You. You haven't participated in years, and, and it's about time you pulled your weight. But especially Bart. Yeah. Uh, so the email address for that is podcast at algar.com or, you know, catch us on Twitter. Uh, for now, we're just making a list. We're just saying yeah. these people want to participate. It's easy. However you want to catch us to tell us that we would be delighted. Yeah. Let us know. And, uh, as always, you can send mail there as well, or call the voicemail 206-973-3982. Mm. Those are a lot of fun. 
Uh, so that is all from us. We're going to stop talking now. This installment of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast featured Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Mark Bosco, Chris Coleman, Terry Drozdak, Joe Keenley, Kimberly Lajeunesse, Brian Lynch, Amanda Smith, and Sabrina Snyder. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Gab Brown and Matt Robotham. Visit SarcasticVoyage.com for show notes, alternate file formats, and related merchandise. Listener feedback can be sent to podcast at algar.com or to the show's voicemail, 206-973-3982. The Sarcastic Voyage podcast is a trademark of Algar Productions, copyright 2012. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. We proposed a sequel to this where me and Tim Robbins are going to bang Latinas for two hours. For the second time in my life, the studio shot it down. Of a crime. A I'm a huge fan of King of the Hill. I've seen every episode. And let me tell you this. Hank Hill knows all about lawn care. And he's wrong about something. That boy is right. He was a good dad.